What's up, fantasy football world? Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Football Sage Podcast. Your host here, Michael Fercano. It's Wednesday, September 23rd. I've got a great show lined up for you. We're going to cover player news updates, as well as the first part of Starts and Sits by Matchup for Week 3. The second part, I'm going to publish tomorrow. You know, every week, I split these matchups into two episodes so as not to run the show too long. I mean... How often does anyone have to commit to an hour-long podcast? Not often at all. So I try to condense this information into 15, 30 minutes tops. The cliff notes of fantasy football podcasting, if you will. So keeping that interest in mind, let's get right to the show, huh? Kicking it off with the news. We got a couple updates here, not much. We got... Jimmy Garoppolo, San Francisco 49ers quarterback. It's definitely looking like he is likely to sit in week three. That puts quarterback Nick Mullins as the starter. Uh, He has next to no fantasy appeal, all right, even against the New York Giants. You can surely find somebody, if you're streaming the position, find somebody better on the waiver wires, no doubt. We can cover that a little later. Tevin Coleman It's likely he's headed to injury reserve with a knee injury, and that's going to keep him out for about four weeks. Uh, This is according to Coach Kyle Shanahan, so you can go ahead and take that to the bank. Jeff Wilson's going to get a shot, but it's looking like the Jarek McKinnon show this week, at least. Raheem Mostert's unlikely to go as well. So hopefully you got Jarek McKinnon off your waivers. I know I did. I'm going to start him. He's going to get a ton of volume. Uh, This is no surprise here. We got Christian McCaffrey, Carolina Panthers running back. He was expected to miss time. He was placed on the injured reserve. So there's really no change in his status. Four to six weeks. This keeps him out at least three games. Mike Davis, he's going to get the lead in the backfield. Count him in as an RB3. New York Giants wide receiver Sterling Shepard was placed on IR as well. It's like IR apocalypse. Okay, tons of injuries. We already knew this was coming. However, uh, I believe it's turf toes, so we're not going to see see Sterling Shepard for a few weeks. That means Darius Slayton. Told you I already got my chips in with this with this guy. I had him as a wide receiver three. I'm going to bump him up to a wide receiver two in the absence of Sterling Shepard. Him and Evan Ingram both should get small boosts, in my opinion. Uh, Evan Ingram already a tight end one. It's going to be a tough matchup though, uh, but they're going to see a lot of targets. It's going to increase in the absence of Sterling Shepard. And just an update from the previous episode. It's official. Devonta Freeman is now a New York Giant after having agreed to a one-year deal worth $3 million. I'll tell you what, no one else in the league was going to give this guy any money. So it was desperation on the part of the Giants. It's a good move on their part. They needed, you know, since Saquon went out, they needed somebody. And like we touched on the last episode, Devonta Freeman's... He's got dual threat ability, provided he can stay healthy. It's going to take him a couple weeks, I suspect, for him to learn the playbook. I'm not looking to start him this week. Definitely, if you scored on your waivers with him, keep him on your bench. Wait and see how things pan out. If you got to play him, maybe he's a flex option. Really try to avoid it. And that wraps up the news for this episode. Let's go ahead and get into these week three matchups, man. 
let's start it off with Thursday night's game. Miami Dolphins at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, you know what? I'm probably not going to even record Friday because I'm going to be so exhausted from screaming from both sides of the ball. I mean, I'm likely to go into such a fit I'll, I'll have seizures. I mean, I got my my Dolphins going against the Minshew. You know, you know about my Minshew mania. Anybody who listens to the show knows I'm crazy about the guy. All right. So, as a headliner, I, I've got him as a streaming quarterback. If you don't already own him, own him he's definitely a, a QB1 streamer going up against the Dolphins. His next victim, the Dolphins have allowed the second most fantasy points and nearly 100 rushing yards All right, over the past two weeks to the quarterback position. We know that Minshew has rushing upside. So this is going to make him a, 12, a top 12 quarterback option for week three. He's going to run all over the place. It doesn't hurt that the Dolphins also have allowed 12 passing plays of 15-plus yards in Week 2. This means DJ Chark could have his best game of the season. So on the Jags side of the ball, we're going to definitely start Gardner Minshew as a QB1. Like I said, DJ Chark is a wide receiver 1. He's bound to have a breakout game. The last two games, pretty... uh. Pretty unfulfilled with him, I'm sure. All right, so we're going to look for a bounce-back week for DJ Chark. James Robinson, we're going to pencil him as an RB2. You know, if you're looking for a sneaky start, I don't mind Tyler Eifert. If you're streaming the tight end position, I'm going to go ahead and call Tyler Eifert as a sneaky tight end one play today. I said that, tight end one. I'm going to go ahead and call Tyler Eifert as a Top 12 tight end when it's all said and done this weekend. Put it in the books. For the Dolphins, they definitely got a softer matchup against the Jags. Having seen the Patriots in Week 1 and then following it up with the Bills in Week 2, both tough defenses. So I look towards Fitzpatrick being a QB2 consideration if you're in a two-quarterback league. Devontae Parker, low-end wide receiver 3 at best. He seems to be dealing with some nagging injuries, but like I said, low-end wide receiver three. Gesicki, I got him in as a tight end one this week. Definitely count on him getting some targets. No other pass catchers on the Dolphins this week. Let's go ahead and talk about the backfield, however, in Miami. I'm not impressed with Jordan Howard or Matt Burita. Miles Gaskin seems to be the surprise lead back in the Dolphins' backfield. Week one and two, he's being utilized with a lot of pass catching. Uh, he's been an RB2 up until this point, believe it or not. Although you probably left him on your bench if you picked him up. Although he's only had 16 carries, he does have 10 catches. All right, so let's consider Jacksonville has given up 17 of 19 targets thrown to running backs. That's a total of 142 yards they've given up. So, Gaskin, let's go ahead and call him a running back three. Next up, we got the Houston Texans at the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, the Texans, you know, they started the season with probably the most brutal schedule as they come. They're off to an 0-2 start after contests against what we could probably say are the best two teams in the NFL. Week 1, they saw the Kansas City Chiefs. Week 2, they saw the Baltimore Ravens. Now they're up against a Pittsburgh team whose defense 
is definitely top notch. It's going to really suck for the uh, Texans if they go 0-3. If you've got Deshaun Watson, you're going to reluctantly start him. I mean, you have to start him. He's probably going to have a, a performance outside of the top 12 against the Pittsburgh defense. I'm not really interested in any of his, his pass options going up against Pittsburgh. And what's going on with Will Fuller? Last week he was seen stretching on the sidelines mysteriously. You know, no reports have been said about uh, his injury, but he wasn't even targeted in that game against Baltimore. So we don't even know what's going on with him. I don't trust it. We're going to sit all the pass-catching options in Houston. The only offensive player other than Deshaun Watson you'll consider is David Johnson as an RB3. For Pittsburgh, I have a hard time believing in Big Ben Roethlisberger. He hasn't really had a strong showing up until this point. You know, it was subpar against the Giants and then again against Denver in week two. You know, in a two-quarterback league, sure, I'm not looking to start him. If he's your your top quarterback, which I hope he isn't, uh, look to stream the position this week. However, you know, the pass options, I'm comfortable with starting Deontay Johnson as a wide receiver three or four. Juju Smith-Schuster, also a wide receiver three this week. Surprisingly enough, Deontay Johnson has been out-targeting Juju Smith-Schuster. Deontay Johnson has 21 the past two weeks, whereas Juju has 14. Which one's the top wide receiving option? It's starting to look like Deontay Johnson. But like I said, both wide receiver threes this week. As far as James Conner, do you start him? Yeah, sure. Running back two. Looks like he's going to get the volume that we expect. Always keep in mind... The guy can be taken off the field at any point with who knows what's going to be the injury this week. Keeping that in mind, if you picked up Benny Snell for a handcuff or if you just picked him up after his week one performance and he's still sitting there on your bench, give it another week or two. Don't be shocked if James Conner goes out. Benny Snell becomes a legit RB2 at that point. For right now, keep him on your bench. Moving on over to the Cincinnati Bengals at the Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz needs to follow in Baker Mayfield's footsteps with a bounce-back performance against the Bengals. If Mayfield can do it, surely Wentz can, right? Let's hope so. I know his fans have got to be concerned. You know, through the past two weeks, he's ranked 30th in yards per attempt, 31st in passer rating, and dead last for eligible quarterbacks, in percentages of passes charted as accurate. Translation, he can't hit his receivers. Okay, he has more turnover-worthy plays than any other quarterback in the NFL right now. That's based on my perception. It's really concerning. So as far as starting Wentz, absolutely not. I'm not interested in it, even in a two-quarterback league. Uh, There's got to be somebody better on the waivers. Whatever league that you're in, Look for a substitution, in my opinion, until Wentz shows that he can get his act together. He's probably droppable at this point. The only healthy receivers, with Jalen Rager out, the only healthy receivers that they got are Deshaun Jackson, who's a wide receiver three for me this week. Uh, you know, he's he gets he's ranked sixth in total yards, all right, 259, 
and targets of 20 or more yards downfield, he's ranked six as well. So they're taking shots to him. They're just not hitting as often as you'd like. The fact that the opportunity's there is a good sign. I don't mind playing Deshaun Jackson as a number three wide receiver this week. The potential's there for a big explosion. You're certainly not going to play J.J.R. Sega Whiteside. All right, the tight ends, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, I have them both ranked outside of my uh, top 12 this week. So they're tight end twos if you want to start them. For the Eagles, the only, you know, really the only lone precious stone that I have in this game for the Eagles is Miles Sanders. Last week against the Rams, he had 20 carries for 95 rushing yards and a TD, and he caught three of seven targets for 36 additional yards. I would look for him to be just as heavily involved this week. He's getting tons of opportunity. Now for the Bengals, if you listen to yesterday's podcast where I ranked the uh, top 12 quarterbacks, you saw my man Joe Burrow. He's ranked there at number 12. Congratulations for the rookie. In this game, I have him ranked as a quarterback too. I don't expect him to go off with 61 attempts like he did against the Browns this week. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of passing opportunity for the receivers. So I got A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd both ranked as wide receiver threes with some upside. They have a chance to finish as top 24 receivers this week. Absolutely. Joe Mixon. I'm really concerned about Joe Mixon. I got him ranked as an RB3 this week. And the reason, the main reason being, is he only had, the past two weeks, he's had 59% snap count in week one and 50% snap count in week two. That's just not enough. I need to see the guy on the field a lot more. Next up, we got the San Francisco 49ers at the New York Giants. I'll tell you what, San Francisco should come away with the second consecutive game win at MetLife, all right, even with all these injuries. The 49ers' victory over the Jets last Sunday, it didn't feel like a victory given all the losses that they suffered in the process. I mean, they lost Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas. They're both out with knee injuries for the entire year. Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman, they both suffered injuries, and they're expected to be out for a couple weeks at least, a few weeks for Tevin Coleman. Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback, he's got a sprained ankle. Although they're saying it's not that serious, you got to figure he's got to still be playing through it. So that's going to affect his play. I tell you what, for for San Francisco, the only people I'm interested in started are Jarek McKinnon. So if you picked him up off your waivers, congratulations. You definitely want to play him this week. He's going to get a lot of usage. Um, I look for him to probably... I don't want to say RB1 territory, but certainly RB2 with some upside just this week until Raheem Mostert comes back. We're certainly not going to expect Jeff Wilson to be a stud. It's going to be the Jarek McKinnon show. Now, the status of George Kittle is still up in the air. Today, he was limited in practice. That's Wednesday. He was limited in practice. There's a chance he could still miss. They're talking about the turf conditions at MetLife. You know, or it's just too risky to put Kittle in that kind of situation. I mean, come on, guys. What's going on? Fix the field. So, I called it last week. 
what was it, Jordan Reed, Rule 86, we said, right? Play him. Sneaky start. If you did, you're definitely glad you did. If Kittle is out, I, I call Jordan Reed a tight end one this week for sure. On the Giants' side of the ball, you're going to want to start my man Danny Dimes. He's a QB one for me this week. The reason being, the Giants are going to have a pretty good game against this 49ers defense. They're just not the same as what we saw last season. With all the injuries, all right, case in point, last week against the Jets, all right, we saw the likes of Chris Hogan and Braxton Berrios combined for 12 receptions and 120 receiving yards. What do you think Darius Slayton and Golden Tate are going to do? All right, Sterling Shepard's out. We covered that in the injury news. He's going to miss some time. So the sky's the limit for Darius Slayton. I got him as a wide receiver two this week. Golden Tate coming in as a wide receiver three. Evan Ingram, tight end one. He should, he should have a big game. The backfield, I want to wait. I'm going to sit tight on the backfield for the Giants. Devonta Freeman, he's still learning the playbook. Chances are he might not get more than 10 to 12 carries. Deion Lewis, if you're in a PPR league, man, that's a desperation play. Uh, he, you know, he'll get some passing volume, but it's not. you're not going to be satisfied with it. So in the backfield, I'm going to stay away from that. Next up, we got the Las Vegas Raiders at the New England Patriots. I'm really looking forward to this game. I'm going to start by saying that the Patriots, I've never been a huge fan of the Patriots. They've been a division rival my whole life, being a Dolphins fan. However, they're actually fun to watch now with Cam Newton at quarterback. You know, Newton's really the biggest reason why they're entertaining. Honestly, the only reason why they're entertaining to me personally. The Patriots didn't use him often in design run game as they had previously against the Dolphins in week one, but he still factored into the run game in a big way, especially on the goal line. Okay, We joked around about it in a previous episode. Whenever they got on the goal line, it was the play was give it to Cam or the Cam keeper. Okay, Well, until he was ultimately stuffed, the game's final play, it was a great idea. It was very very effective throughout the entire game uh, when they played the Seahawks. But not only the way that they were utilizing him on the goal line, Cam Newton actually was effective pushing the ball down the field. Seattle just wasn't able to generate a pass rush, which allowed him to sit in the pocket and pick the Seattle Seahawks defense apart. He went for 15 of 19 attempts for 295 yards on passes 10 or more yards down the field last week. That's something he should be able to definitely exploit against the Raiders. That's not to count my man Derek Carr and company out either. All right, This is going to have some fantasy juiciness. This entire game is going to have lots of players that you want to start. So we're going to go ahead and start, of course, Cam Newton, QB1. We're going to start Julian Edelman as a wide receiver two. The other receiving options, not so much. Uh, although I do think Nikhil Harry is, is showing some upside. We're not picking him up off the waivers. We're not starting him. Not just yet. Not until we see him target a little bit more and get more involved. Now, running backs for New England. I am slightly interested in Sony Michelle as an RB4. Okay, 
Okay, and I'm going to explain to you why. The main reason is, is that the Raiders have allowed the second most fantasy points to the running back position. All right? Most of that production is stemming from receiving. True. So now enter James White. Also, pending his availability for this week, he becomes an RB4 consideration as well. For the Raiders, while it was an impressive victory, Derek Carr performed like a true like a true quarterback one against the Saints. I'm not expecting that against the Patriots this week. Not not two consecutive weeks. Um, he's no scrub, but I'm not I'm not going to start him as a QB one. If you got him in a as your second quarterback in a two quarterback league, sure start him as your QB two. Darren Waller. What else can we say other than the fact that he didn't practice today? But I'm guessing he's a little sore after what, 16 targets. He caught 12 of them. I mean, the dude was all over the field. Uh, my guess is, is they gave him a rest day. It's something you might want to monitor, but if he's good to go, you definitely want to play him as a tight end one. Henry Ruggs, not really interested in starting Henry Ruggs. He wasn't involved hardly, and he caught one of three targets for four yards against the Saints. You'd think they would have utilized him a little bit more, but that just didn't happen. So I'm not starting any of the receivers. We're going to go ahead and sit those for the Raiders. Obviously, you're going to start Josh Jacobs. Man, he's he's performing like a, a top five running back. So at no point, unless you are told otherwise, do you sit Josh Jacobs. Next up, we got the Tennessee Titans at the Minnesota Vikings. You know, Ryan Tannehill and the Titans offense should be in for a big day in Minnesota. There was a lot of talk that the Vikings would regress this year. Two weeks gone by, they've gone beyond simply regressing. They look like the worst team in the NFL. I mean, I don't, I'm not interested in starting anybody on Minnesota not named Dalvin Cook or Adam Thielen. Period. End of story. Now, meanwhile, Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill of the Tennessee Titans, He's happened to carry his efficiency play from 2019 over into this year. I'm definitely going to start him as a QB1 this week. We're going to start Corey Davis as a wide receiver three with A.J. Brown still out. Uh, if you manage to pick up Jonu Smith, absolute tight end one. You want to start him probably moving forward even when A.J. Brown comes in. They're utilizing him a lot. He's huge. He's a, a, a huge end zone target. Uh, and you're going to start Derrick Henry as a running back one naturally. I would definitely expect him to fall in the end zone finally. Okay? He's going to do it this week, folks. Derrick Henry owners, put your money on it. He's going to find the end zone at least once this week. Okay? And that wraps it up for today's show. Part 1 of Starts and Sits by Matchup, Episode 16. Tomorrow, we're going to get into the remainder of the matchups in Part 2 of Starts and Sits by Matchup. I hope you enjoyed the show. You can find us on Spotify, Anchor, Twitter, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and I think I might have left out a couple of them. My apologies to those platforms if I forgot your names. I don't have my list in front of me. I'm going off the top of my melon, doing the best I can. Like I said, we're still on the road. 
We're going to get you that part two tomorrow as well as some updated information. I've had a blast. I hope you have. Until next time, peace. You found a hidden Easter egg.